It's probably just some miserable bastard, you know, in their own lives and, and blah, 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 blah. Like, and just, just getting really kind of crazy about it and not really dealing with it. Yeah. You know, because it's not so much to do with whatever adversity they're presenting. You know, it has everything to do with my response, which presents the greater adversity in my own life. Hmm. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome to another podcast episode with Brandon and Evan. Nice, simple, clean very nice introduction friend i don't know you know <laughs> sometimes it's good not to be weird yeah yeah sometimes sometimes you although just gotta... that was kind of weird trying not to be weird uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay and then so, it got weird anyway um we're talking about the gifts of adversity which is an interesting play on the word adversity which we're going to get into we actually discussed a while back if adversity was a law that we wanted to cover and we ultimately decided against it, but adversity still does play a really big part in artistry. And I think what I'll start off by saying is this, creativity is often born of adversity. So expression, identity, um, your ability, who you think you are, is most identified most likely through your adversities. A life without adversity might be a life without any form of expression or identity because you would just be a blob that existed. <laughs> so adversity in some ways carves us into who we are and, and what we are and, and what we do and what we create. So it's it's a really wonderful thing and maybe want to help um, evolve our relationship to it over this talk. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you had brought up before we began was this idea that, and this is something that has been studied now at this point, and you brought this up, which is that we are not actually wired to go for happiness. You know, and I think this is an important point to say off the top here is that we're not actually wired to pursue happiness. But that's very much the way that a lot of us function. But we are actually more so wired for growth. We're, we're wired in this life to pursue growth, which is kind of an interesting proposition and has a lot of very interesting implications, especially in how that is related to adversity. Mm -hmm. Because growth really does not occur without some sense of adversity. And that might seem like a really gloomy and... <laughs> negative proposition uh, on its surface, but it's, I don't believe it's actually that way. I think that there is a way that we can embrace adversity that uh, creates a lot of fulfillment and, and a new kind of engagement with what we do in our lives and, and just with our lives itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, you know, Adversity is a topic we actually get into in the timeless storytelling process. Mm -hmm. Because in story, without adversity, what's the story? Mm -hmm. You know? So in some ways, if you think about our lives and, and who we are and our character and identity and who people are and how we relate and whatever story you ever told your friend even at the bar the other night, there was probably some form of adversity, whether you identify it or not, that's actually in, in many ways the basis of which held the story up. Um, and so adversity is this kind of interesting thing because in our culture, in our society right now, we have an adverse relationship to adversity, mm -hmm. but not understanding why, because here's what I think. I think what happened was the byproduct of happiness, the byproduct of, you know, endorphins and um, dopamine being released into your brain and this type of thing felt good. And we go, Oh, I like that good feeling. That must be the point. Yeah. More of that, more of that. And so then we tried to basically streamline the dopamine euphoria feeling and 
We go, well, if I cut out adversity, I can get it easier. We weren't realizing that in our attempt to cut it out, we actually cut it out itself because that's the problem. Like it was a byproduct in many ways of the adversity, mm-hmm. but you remove the adversity, all of a sudden the dopamine, the, the euphoria feeling cannot be as heightened or as great and it, it gets less. And so then what ends up happening is you, you get into all sorts of other symptoms, which is substance abuse and things like this, where people mm-hmm. go, oh, well, if I just do this, I can get it. I can get it. And what happens is eventually the adversity of that is gone and then there's also, it's just a perpetual thing. You, chasing happiness is this weird thing that actually just leads you to almost like an emptiness, which is where I think, big bomb here, why there's so much depression. Mm-hmm. It's weird because you chase the thing that actually ultimately only creates depression. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've heard it proposed by different philosophers that, yes, the, um, they haven't necessarily phrased it as happiness, but the pursuit of pleasure, which is yes. kind of the same thing. The pursuit of, of pleasure and making that our, our solitary focus is a little bit misguided, understandable, but a little bit misguided because we create all kinds of ideas around what is a good thing. You know, what is, it, it takes us out of, out of the present moment. It takes us out of really experiencing our lives Mm -hmm. as it's unfolding because we constantly are weighing everything against our past experiences. Right. And so we, we become disassociated with what is occurring right now. We, we make things wrong that aren't necessarily wrong. I think that this is uh, an important thing to, to say about adversity as well. It seems to me that there are actually different forms of adversity. There are forms of adversity that are necessary and there are those that are unnecessary. And I think we're going to try and unpack a little bit of what both of those might be. You know, in some ways, even the unnecessary adversities have a necessity to them because we go through them, we look at them to discover, oh, I don't need to... (laughs) I don't need to continue to stress, to worry, to whatever about these kinds of things. And in that way, we learn and grow as a result of it. And then we don't have to face that kind of adversity in our lives anymore. Yeah. But there's also this kind of adversity that is essential to our continual evolution and that byproduct of, of I guess, perhaps happiness. But I think one of the more... Um, popular expressions today is well-being you know how adversity actually helps helps us to find a sense of well-being and as like just to to provide an example of this you know coming from an acting background right and doing it's something that i just enjoy love doing so much but within that thing i face a lot of adversity with it you know there's there's coming to grips with the story the themes Mm. the you know it challenges it challenges me to understand something more than than i knew before right you know it, it challenges and maybe this is perhaps part of why people really love acting for those who really love doing it but it challenges us with every single role that we play it's just like it challenges my humanity mm-hmm. to say like okay like how much can i i relate to this how much can i understand this how much of this is outside of my own realm of experience and how much can i i touch upon an experience that 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 i've never necessarily personally had myself but to touch upon it, to understand it, and to become uh, a, perhaps a, a better person as a result of it, to, to open up my own humanity through learning about this other person and about through this story that we're telling. There's an adversity, there's a challenge that is presented with every single role, and that's part of what makes it so fascinating and so worth exploring and continuing to explore in a role every single time you rehearse it you perform it to go 
how much more is there here? How much more is there for me to understand? Well, you know, I, you bring up so many great things there. First, I want to just say that like you're um, talking about the way you're talking about acting is very much from what I'd almost call a purist form of acting, where you're actually looking at the craft of acting and the uh, attempt to try to play another character, to empathize, to have compassion, to try them on and experience their world and, and actually meet their challenge with honor. You know, that's like a very purist way of looking at acting. And I mean, I could relate that to storytelling or painting or just about probably anything. Yeah. I think there's also another side of the adversity of acting, just while we're on that subject, which is the commercial adversity of acting and yeah. the pride adversity of acting. And and the thing is, is that I think whether you're an actor and you're a purist or whether you're just in it for the girls <laughs> or whatever you think you're going to get out of yeah. it, you know, because people get into it for all sorts of funny little reasons, you know, um, and maybe initially you you win in to become famous or to get some type of recognition or to prove something and then you actually fell in love with the craft and then became more of a purist or whatever um you know i think the thing is is there is an adversity that we're facing and that adversity shows us to ourselves yes it shows us who we are and and the big thing that i want to take with adversity just from the top because you, you mentioned this early and i don't want to bypass this is that adversity isn't just like a blanket like good in the sense that it's like always go for adversity because yeah. i think there's another there's a there's a thing that we always need to factor in with adversity and i think is like does it build me or does it destroy me mm-hmm. um you know and i think like sometimes you have to look at adversity as i'm willing to to actually get broken down this much because i know it will build this much but um you know i was in a toxic relationship for a while like and i'm and a toxic is probably a a nice word to put into there. Yeah. But it was not good for me. It was a very adverse relationship, a lot of adversity, a lot of problems. There was a point where, you know, in the initial stages of when we were facing problems, when facing that adversity and being the committed guy, being the committed boyfriend, showing up, um, handling, uh, you know, problems or arguments with grace and whatever, doing my best to meet those challenges, there was a certain amount of growth and building that was happening. Mm -hmm. But then the relationship took an interesting turn at a certain point where it actually became a toxic relationship where it was kind of like destructive to me and also destructive to possibly other things in my life and other people. And that adversity, I look at that now and I go hanging in there for a certain amount of time while it was toxic. Um, that was not honoring the message or the gift of that adversity. There's a certain point where you need to look at adversity and go, is this actually building something or is it just causing more destruction? Mm -hmm. And what I think occurred in that situation was you have somebody who's in a relationship, but's too scared to maybe end it or wants something else or doesn't want to be alone. And so they maybe start doing toxic behavior. And the other person which was myself is in this relationship going, but we can still make this work. We can still make this work. Yeah. And so then what ends up happening is that person wants to leave. And by chasing them, you almost give them more permission for toxicity. And at a certain point there is, I think with adversity, and I think we should bring this in is the the point of surrender. When you recognize that something isn't working and the adversity is a message to go another way, try something else. But sometimes adversity is push harder, be more consistent. But that's the hard part. That's where we need to learn to tell the difference. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. And I think that there, there is perhaps an inherent nature of both creation and destruction within adversity. Yeah. I think adversity poses us with both of these things. Like we're going to create something out of this, but something's also going to be destroyed out of this. And eventually it will it will teach us the lesson because even in your story about this toxic relationship there was the sort of the solution if i can use that word <laughs> the solution to this was to to surrender to walk away from it that was still learning something that was still growth that came out of out of facing and totally. adversity, right? So it still had a gift. It still had a gift, right? Yeah. Like no matter what, there's always a gift. And I think that's one of the the big questions uh, that that comes up with adversity when we find ourselves 
up against something because normally we don't plan on adversity. No, we don't plan on on stuff to get in our way. We usually plan on going in a direction. You know, we this is how it kind of relates with vision. You know, it's like okay, well, I want to head in this this direction. I want I want to create more of this in my life, have more of these experiences. And you set down that path and there's go and the adversities just are going to come up. That's just what happens. So it's really taking a look at whatever is presenting itself and saying, what is the adversity that you're facing teaching you? Mm -hmm. What is this teaching me right now because sometimes that's it's teaching you something that is necessary to going to that place to to heading towards that that goal that vision what whatever it is that you've set for yourself well you know we and we haven't even touched on this yet unsurprisingly but like how much adversity is actually happening externally really Mm -hmm. most of it is actually happening internally yes so like I mean, there are things that people do that are destructive or they say destructive things or there are things where you actually get hurt in the external world. But most adversity I think that we face, especially on a day-to-day basis, is just a battle with ourselves Mm -hmm. and who we think we are, who we think we're supposed to be, how we think we're supposed to look. You know, the social pressures and the adversity of trying to fit in and, and be an acceptable person in society and, you know, maintain friendships, relationships, um, positions, stuff like that. There's the actual part of that, but then there's the actual part of us inside and how we feel about that. Mm -hmm. And I think like a large part of adversity, why people avoid it is because we're so, so out of touch with ourselves and so out of touch with our feelings that we, you know, we, we make excuses. We try to say, oh, well, it's this person's fault or it's that thing. Or I don't like the way they do this over here. What if you just stopped and went like, actually what's happening is I feel this way mm-hmm. and I don't know how to deal with this feeling I'm having. Like I feel angry or I feel scared or I feel sad or I feel hurt or something other than happiness. And I don't know how to deal with that. Because if you think about what is the antagonist to adversity in some ways, is happiness. Because if you try to get happiness without adversity, you try to cut out that part of the process. You know, you don't understand that the happiness stands upon the adversity. So what if adversity is feelings of sadness, anger, hurt, you know, stuff like that. And so your unwillingness to feel hurt, anger, sadness is the very thing that stops you from not only facing adversity, but actually getting happiness because happiness is in juxtaposition to other feelings. Mm hmm. And this brings up a point where, uh, for me, a very important point on this topic, and also one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this was was some ideas that I recently have been going through this week. And one of them was choosing to face our adversity and how important it is for us to choose to do it. You know, and and whatever that is, even if that is walking away from a relationship, you know, it's like that's still that's still facing it in a way. That's that's a choice that you make in in the presence of adversity. Right. Right. So it's choice is such a huge element to this, the law of choice, because we find so much strength and power. There's there within choice. For me, choice is one of the the one of our superpowers that we're given, maybe one of our only real ones that we have, is how do we respond? Always. We always have control of that. It's, you know, it's one of for, the only things we have control for over. For those of us who, and I'm not saying I'm on this, this side of the coin, but for those of us who don't believe there is choice, they believe everything is predestined, that we only experience choice but don't really have choice, at the very least... Choice is an experience of self. And at the very Mm -hmm. least, even if you are predestined, your experience of yourself is still something you get to kind of decide the experience. So even if you were always going to make that choice, this is still, choice is still you experiencing yourself. Yeah. So we can go back to the law of experience. It's a funny little, it's a funny little rabbit hole. But yes, there, there are, um, 
I and I don't, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I know. I like that you brought it up. And, <laughs> you know, I can't say for sure. I, I don't know if I necessarily know or, or any of us can say whether that's that's true or not. But to me, it seems kind of like, well, it's unimportant because no matter what, like a choice has to be made. Yeah. Typically in the face of adversity, because. And if a choice is when made, we, it will be made. For exactly. You. And because suffering occurs when we remain in the adversity. I think when we make a choice in the face of adversity is when we we move out of suffering, is when uh, we we start to yeah we just create movement right as it were. So I think that that's whether you agree with that philosophy of it's like well no matter what if you think it's all predestined then you were destined to make this choice but it, you still had to do it and have to do it in this moment right right and and that does have implications for how you are experiencing your life. Where well, are we heading from here? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, we can parallel this and do a few things. I mean, I, I like analogies. I think they're a great way to like help comprehend some of these complex ideas, which seem simple, but are complex. You know, if you walked up to a, um, a locked door and, you know, maybe it's your house and you realize you didn't have your keys you might look and go, okay, well, what are my options? I could um, look for my spare key. I could call somebody up to get another key. I could go through a different door. I could climb through a window. Um, I could call someone to potentially help me. But that adversity you faced would give you a variety of new options and ways to handle this situation. Plus, you would have learned, well, check your pockets or your purse or whatever before you leave to make sure you have your keys. But here, let's take this example a little further. Let's say you wanted to get in your house and you walked up to a wall and you couldn't get through the wall. I mean, there's a part of you that has to go, this isn't the way in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I could break through this wall, but there are easier ways to get into this house than through this wall. And I feel like some people face adversity like a wall and they go, why can't I get through this wall? And it's like, mm-hmm. because that's not the way in. No matter how you spin it, no matter what you do the amount of destruction that would need to occur for you to get through this way is too great. You might as well, with this adversity, look for another option, which is maybe another way in or another way around. And the way you want to go, they're just, this is not a way. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think part of adversity too is us recognizing that sometimes we're at a door or a window or an option, and sometimes we're not. Yeah. And then recognizing the wall is a powerful moment where you realize that this is just not the way for me right now. This is not the way in. But every now and then there might be a a time and place where you're facing a wall and you say, you know what? I can actually blow through this wall. Sure. And because sometimes that's the right choice. Sometimes it's the right choice. Sometimes that is the best decision. But I think it comes back down to this thing. How much does it destroy and how much does it build? Yeah. Is it worth destroying the wall to get through the other side? If it is, then do it. If it's not worth destroying the wall to get through the other side, then don't do it. I mean, there's that other philosophical thing is like, just because you can doesn't mean you should, Mm -hmm. you know, just because you can destroy, like, let's say someone's standing in my way and the only, the, the thing stopping me from getting there is killing them. Is it worth killing them to get what I want? I mean, to some people, yeah. But to me, no. I mean, there's a certain amount of principle and ethic and compassion and empathy and other things that come into play where I go, no, if that is the thing that stops me, if killing them is the only way through, I don't want to take that option. And that's where, you know, we have to know when adversity becomes a point where it's more destruction than we're willing to live with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's this whole thing of, again, yeah, creation and destruction. It We're it we are almost proposed two choices with adversity right you know and and within each of those i think there probably lies lots of other different decisions and and choices but a, a choice for creation and as we're talking about this i'm realizing how necessary adversity is in the process of creation because there's no need to create something without there being some kind of a, a problem, right? You know, otherwise, otherwise we're just kind of sitting contentedly and everything is, everything is fine. Yeah. Right. But it's in the face of adversity that we have to 
that we have some of our greatest discoveries, some of our greatest breakthroughs. Our adversities are pointing us to a, a kind of problem. You know, like there's something that we need to to look at. There's a solution that that can be found mm. and that demands something that and us to go to a place that we haven't necessarily gone before. Right. And I think that that's part of the uncomfortability as well with adversities, because there's also this element of the unknown mm. in adversity. Yeah. You know, I think also with like the part about adversity is like, you know, let's go back to this house example. You know, you have a house, you have walls. The, the part of the adversity that exists in the world is part of what keeps structure and keeps things safe. You know, like if there were no structure, if there were no barriers um, and people just did what they wanted and took what they wanted and like there would there would be a series of other problems that occur, you know, so adversity in some ways keeps things in check. I mean, you take the house, for example, the fact that it not it isn't all windows or isn't all doors is part of what keeps the house safe and protected. I mean, here's the other thing about adversity. Adversity in itself kind of has a checks and balances with it kind of keeps things in line because um, we like why do we have security? For example, security creates adversity. And in many ways, it creates an adversity to a destruction we don't want to occur. So in some ways, we create adversity to stop things from happening. And so there, you know, the other thing about adversity is, you, you know, you have to consider the fact that sometimes an adversity is in place for a necessary reason. You know, like take acting, for example. You know, yeah, you're, you're running an agency or a casting director office. Now, just anybody can just walk in and say, I want to audition. Well, meanwhile, you had to rent the space, control the space, figure out, you know, you have cameras, you have people there, you, you know, you have an office or whatever, and people can just come and go as they please. What, like, how do you how do you control the space? How do you actually audition anybody if people are walking in and out of the room while that person's trying to do a read or a part? You know, um, we need boundaries and adversity in many ways creates our boundaries. So it's not something we need to fight. We need to kind of embrace it and look at, you know, our relationship to it, you know, which is I think where the law of relationships starts to come into this is like, you know, do I want to bust through this wall if this wall actually serves a greater value just because I because it stops me from getting what I want? Does it maybe create a greater value in being there? Mm -hmm. You know, so like I think there's there's the, the, the problem is, is we have also our selfish desire. Right. Yeah. And our ideas, preconceived ideas and conditioning programming as to sometimes what we want, sometimes our adversity actually gets us really clear on on what we do and don't actually want. You know, we can be presented with with a challenge that makes us call into question the very thing that we're doing and saying, is this really what I want? Mm -hmm. Is this really who I am? Yeah, even? because it asks the question, how badly do I want it? Yeah, yeah, that can definitely be one of the questions it poses, right? It's, but sometimes I think it's, it can also be the question of, like, is this who you really are? Right. Yeah, because of the actions right? it would take to overcome that adversity that way, you know, who does that make you? Like, you, go to the murderer example, right? You've got to kill somebody to get what you want. I mean, are you willing to murder? Are you willing to be a murderer to get what you want? And I, I mean, most people, hopefully... <laughs> And I think this is why we can exist as a community is most people would say no. Yeah. And then it, it actually literally frightens us that some people would, mm -hmm. you know, and we, we look at that yeah, and something... we go, well, shit, we need a law in place because some people will. Yeah. So we need to, we need to have consequences for them if they do this, because some people are scrupulous. They, they don't care, you know? Yeah. And so, and it creates an adversity for people who, <laughs> exactly. who do it. <laughs> so, that's well, if I do kill this person, I could get <laughs> caught and end up in prison and all of these things. And that's not necessarily what I want. So I'm not going to do it. So here's another thing. And it's we a, just, I don't know who this person is. We're talking about but <laughs> talking about murder and all sorts of bad things. Yeah, no, but, how did that happen? Um, consequence, you know, um, there is a, there is a, a inherent adversity and consequence, you know, you don't want to go to jail because you, you also partly because you know, you don't want to face the adversity of what prison or jail would be. You know, some people, that is their primary avoidance. So 
you know, adversity is my, my previous point was it has a checks and balances to it. It's a necessary thing in society. There's many gifts in it, but Mm -hmm. we often find ourselves and I, you know, I, I think I can speak for many people saying this is that we often find ourselves fighting adversity, you know, resisting it, um, looking into this bad thing or this negative thing that stops us from what we want. And when you start to respect it and appreciate its place in the world, I think what ends up happening is you begin to negotiate it and deal with it in a new way. It's like just allowing you to, to get gifts from it, mm-hmm. you know, that serve you as opposed to this thing that's always standing in your way, stopping you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is how I think so much of this talk is really about our relationship with it. I, you know what? I feel like I'm saying this pretty much almost every episode <laughs> where it's like, this is like, this whole episode is about a relationship with this. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but it is very much for, for this law, like, or sorry, not this law, but like this, this idea of adversity. This almost law. This 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 quasi law. It's like it's like Pluto. Yeah. You know? It's not quite a planet. It's a moon really. Yeah. So it's a moon on a planet. Yeah. But it's our relationship with adversity. And you know, we all have our different things. I remember this was some time ago. I was trying to work on uh you know on, on a website for for my school and I hit this roadblock with it. Like there was something that I was like, okay, you know, like I planned it out. I'm like, I'm going to sit down at, you know, this time and I'm going to, I'm going to just work on this and I'm going to get this thing done. And then realizing that this was not going to happen in a very quick amount of time. And I started getting, getting really irritated, really agitated you know, which is kind of my, because working with that kind of thing is something that can trigger me a lot. I, it's not, I don't like spending a lot of time doing web development stuff. It's not my area of strength. I don't really have a particular interest in, in having a skill to do that, but it's necessary. So I'm feeling all of this adversity of like, I don't want to be doing this in the first place. And this should be simple, but it's not simple. And, and now I'm stuck here and who knows how long it's going to take us. I want to do all of these other things like today with this and blah, blah. And now that's not going to happen. And then I just had a moment of like, Hey, look, it's just not going to happen. All right. You just have to deal with this thing. Hmm. You just have to deal with this thing today now. That's it. There's no, and and it made me kind of realize that there was this whole expectation. There was this whole idea I had of how much had to get done and, and how quickly that needed to get done. And I realized, I'm like, oh, yeah, none of this other stuff, this doesn't have to happen tonight. This mm-hmm. doesn't have to happen. This doesn't even have to happen this week. But I was getting so worked up about it. And so this piece of adversity showed me something about myself, showed me something about how I was relating to what was going on. And once I just accepted that this was the situation, it no longer really became adversity anymore. You know, because before I was just, I was so caught up on how I wasn't on the other side of this wall. Because I was like, no, I just, I, I'm supposed to be on the other side of this wall now. Yeah. It's like, no, but you're, you're not, you're not supposed to be on the other side. You're, you're in front of this wall right now. And now you've just got to figure this, this piece out. And once I let all of that other stuff go and just focused on what was happening, I actually had a very kind of enjoyable experience talking to the tech people and they were helping me sort it out and it got sorted out. It took a bit longer, but I was like, all right. Well, it's done at least. Mm-hmm. It's finished, right? So, so much of, of adversity often has to do with, and we you mentioned this early, is it's usually our inner stuff. It's so rarely what's happening out there. Sometimes what's happening out there can trigger something, but it, that's always something that has to do usually with us. Right. With, with our own ideas, expectations, beliefs philosophies, whatever it is. And sometimes adversity holds a mirror up to that and just like, oh shit. Yeah. 
I, I don't, that's not who I want to be. Right. I don't want to be getting irritated and worked up about this kind of thing. And we can learn some extraordinary lessons from adversity in that way. And like I said, it was, it, no, it, in a way it, it ceased to be an adversity, even though in, in the dealing with it, it's like, it's not an adversity. I'm just doing the thing that I'm doing now. Right. You know, there's uh, the law of simplicity in that, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, another th- talk we had earlier, but like, you know, how complicated you made that adversity on yourself because you're looking at it going, I need to be on the other side of this wall because I have seven other things to do. And meanwhile, you know, you, you've made that wall, that current challenge you're facing seven times more difficult than it actually is. Yeah. Because the, the truth of the matter is, is in this silly analogy, you know, you're locked out of your house, essentially. Mm-hmm. You're locked out of your house and you've got to get into your house before you can do your chores or your tasks or clean or whatever you yeah. think you're supposed to do in there. And I think like life is like very much like this with adversity, but we have this way of um, making adversity into something it isn't, you know. And I, I, you mentioned also expectation. I think that's such a big part of it because, you know, I think about um, when I get really frustrated with myself is usually because my expectations of how reality should be yeah. are not in reality. I mean, if you're in reality, if you're in the situation, you're in the moment and you're present, law of presence, there's another one you guys can go back to. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the moment, adversity becomes a lot easier, a lot more simple and a lot more of a gift. But mm-hmm. if you're not in the moment, if you're in this like expectation idea of who you're supposed to be, I mean, what you're supposed to get done, like just follow that down the path. It's just pride. It's just like, who am I supposed to be? I'm supposed to be here already and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So what's the real problem? The real problem is that, you know, you believe you need to get this done by X amount of time, but if you follow it all the way down, it probably leads to, I'm not who I think I want to be and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's yeah. really it. And then now you have, you have an identity crisis. I mean, like adversity yeah. is so funny because if you follow it a lot of the time down, if you have a real adversity, it's probably an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. It's probably just a, like, I think I'm supposed to be this person in this place or whatever, or look this way. And you don't. Yeah. And, and very often like, yeah, it's our, the adversities can send us on like a little internal, you know, mind fuck for lack of a better expression. You know, like we're like in this story that I, I shared it, there was all of this stuff that was coming up that was just like, well, I don't like doing this stuff. And I like, I don't see why this, like the systems should be much simpler than this and blah, you know, there, there's all of these things that I was bringing into the, into the picture, all of these, uh, ideas and beliefs. And a lot of it actually comes down to, there's an element of, I should know how to do this. I should be better at this. Well, there's the pride. Right? And there's the pride, <laughs> right? And then, and, and so the circumstances just made me feel stupid, you know? And the thing is, is, it's like, well, there's no reality to this, you know? Like, there's no, I'm not a stupid person. I just don't know how to do this one thing of yeah. the billions of different things there are to know how to do right. <laughs> in this world. This is not one that I'm particularly proficient at. And sometimes this is where some compassion comes into play with, with adversity is when we can have a little bit of compassion with ourselves, we open ourselves up to a little bit of patience and not making it bigger than it is, you know, and just being able to deal with what's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise we can go down this crazy rabbit hole of things. You know, I had another experience recently, like every now and then I, I record a little video, uh, something for actors, you know, just like to share some piece of philosophy or, or, you know, a tip or something like that. And so when you put yourself out there, you know, the age that, that we're in, you're going to get people who comment. So somebody I didn't know left, uh, left a very trolling comment for me, just like, just criticizing me they did it in a very articulate way you know they without the use of profanity an articulate troll yeah (laughs) and i read it and i was just so so like shocked in a way because you know it was a five 
minute video that nobody's required to watch or anything. And you go, why would somebody, you know, post something like this? And what they had to say, I read what they had to say and said, okay, I can see a useful piece of criticism in here that I can maybe take to use. But what they were their intention was not to help me out. Their intention was to take a, take a piece out of me, basically. And that has everything to do with them. And I was able to recognize that immediately. Mm. I was like, okay, this doesn't really have much to do about me. This is more about them. But I was still really, there was still something really unsettled in me. Something that really just, I was upset and bothered by it. And that was another piece of adversity, you know, for me to deal with. It's like, okay, so what, what is this thing? And it just led me on, onto an inquiry into my own self. It's like, okay, so what belief do I have here that is making me feel very vulnerable, very weak, victimized about this situation? Because if I was truly cool with it, like, and, and whatever, then I wouldn't have had any kind of response to it at all, any kind of reaction, but it did hit something. It did upset me. So that was one of these things where it's like, okay, so what is this teaching me about myself? And it was, <laughs> you mentioned pride. It's like, it's coming back down to kind of an element of pride. I'm like, no, I want to be perfect at what I'm doing. And I, I, you know, want everybody to, to love what I'm saying and what, whatever it, there was a a few things that kind of came up there Mm -hmm. and I was able to go, okay, I see that, you know, and again, compassion came into it. I said, I'm not perfect. My intention was to share something good. I'll try and be better in the future. Right. But I'm good. And then I was totally fine with it. Uh, the, The whole situation became kind of comical and it was no longer this piece of inner adversity that I had to deal with anymore but I had to choose to look at it you know again with the choice coming into this I had to choose to look at what whatever that was as opposed to just stewing about it and and I could have easily gone off on this just like man this asshole who you know is probably just some miserable bastard you know in their own lives and and blah 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 like and just just getting really kind of crazy about it and not really dealing with it yeah you know because it's not so much to do with whatever adversity they're presenting you know it has everything to do with my response which presents the greater adversity in my own life Hmm. you know i it's it's interesting because you kind of actually bring up a topic that I thought would be a good one to bring into this conversation, which is the um, judgment of the outside world, you know, which is a very real thing. And, um, you know, I think that most people who um, shy away from their dreams, their goals, their ambitions or ever taking a chance, um, I would say that their greatest fear is actually of the external judgment of the world which is really just the judgment they carry along with them. This is something I've been negotiating through my life, looking at it and going, okay, well, you got this guy coming in, uh, you know, post something on your thread with some judgments. I mean, it's the ultimate, uh, it's the ultimate uh, thing. Because if you look at us, I mean, I'm going to get into a little bit of an idea here. We're, we're herd animal. We're, these are, there's like little things that we need to, we need to look at and be honest about as people. We're herd animal. How do we know this to be true? We know this to be true because we survive based on each other's efforts, based on each other's collaboration. Um, you know, living alone in the in the wild was not really sustainable. You know, um, another group of people could destroy you, let alone other animals, let alone the elements. If you got sick and you had no one to care for you, that could be enough to take you down. Yeah. So... We're herd animals. So the, the, there's another thing that I think is going on in this conversation, which is that there's a psychology of the herds kicking me out. The herd is rejecting me mm. from 
the community. He's pointing me out. He's outcasting me. You're literally in that moment being exiled from the herd. And that's why it's so threatening, you Mm -hmm. know, but if you, if now that's the part where we, we go, well, I need to be this type of person. My pride is I need to be this type of person to be accepted and adopted into the herd and to be safe in the herd, not only protected by the herd, but not hurt by the herd, you Mm -hmm. know, because, and so I think what ends up happening with adversity is adversity is this fascinating thing where you can be a part of the herd and at the same time see your separateness from needing to fit into the whole thing. And the way I've learned to look at uh, trolls and bullies and stuff like this is I look at a bully this way. I look at a bully and I go, I, I, my thought is this, because I was bullied in school and I've definitely dealt with enough uh, adversity in that respect. But I look at it and I go, okay, right now what's happening is you're looking at me most likely as the weaker part of this status sphere, if you want to call it a status sphere. So I'm the weaker one. And you believe that by somehow targeting me or getting at me that you can somehow up your status, further reinforce, protect yourself or whatever. So that's part of what's going on because they have that going on for them. The other thing is, is that my fear in this situation is that somehow I will be removed from the group. I will be whatever. Yeah. So the adversity of that situation taught me to, to, to turn around and turn the very issue on the bully, which is to go. Um, and you can do this in a variation of ways. You can do it aggressively or you can do it kindly, but you know, it depends how you want to be, but it's just to look at them and go, you seem upset. It's you that is upset. What are you upset about? You know, your, you seem to be having this experience mm-hmm. and keep putting it on them because what they're trying to do is they're manipulating a power shift onto you. So I just look at it this way. I go, so what I'm getting right now is that you're upset. They might say, you're, you're a loser. You're this, you're that. I'm getting that that upsets you. I'm getting that bothers you. It doesn't bother me, pussy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, <laughs> great. So, so what, you know, you, 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 cause the worst thing someone who feels weak can have is to have their weakness pointed out to them. Mm-hmm. It will make them literally have to repel from the situation because if you keep turning it on them and you have no fear because they cannot actually cause you damage you essentially transcend their attack because if you don't believe being separated from the herd or being lower in the herd can hurt you you're you're, you're not you're immune to to that essentially right because yeah. that's the only power a bully or a troll has it's interesting because in that you are presenting someone with with a kind of adversity. Right. <laughs> they don't like adversity here. I'll give you another perfect example. Yeah. Perfect example. Me, my best friend and his little brother were walking back from the 7-Eleven at night back up to my place. Um, we just got some candy. We were about 13, 14 years old. His brother was probably about 10, right? So we're walking back. This other group of kids, three other kids, all bigger than us, come up to us. And they, they basically start bullying us, pushing around, saying, give us your candy and all of this. <laughs> and so we're like, ah, oh, we just got this. We're trying to read. We start, we, we try to reason with them. We try to whatever. And then my friends, uh, my friend and his little brother both give them candy. And then they turn to me and the guy grabs me out of the shoulder and he tries to sweep kick me. He sw- just sweep kicked my friends, by the way. Yeah. Sweep kicked them. And it was snowing, so there was like these banks, so it was hard yeah. to get away, right? Anyway, and he goes to sweep kick me, and I jump it. And he goes to sweep kick me again, and I just keep jumping it. And I jumped it about three times, and he just gave up. And it was really funny, because he didn't take candy from me. And then they just walked off. They were, they were happy enough taking candy from my friend and his little brother, but because I showed adversity, it became too difficult, and he left. Yeah. Okay. No, there's more. Th- there's more to the story, which is really funny, but... Uh, we're interesting. But anyway, the point is, is that sometimes just a little bit of adversity is enough for people to actually like, like this kid knew he was doing something wrong. And the fact that I kept saying no and not submitting to his sweep kick, <laughs> which yes. is hilarious to me because I kept just saying no and whatever, he would have had to continue to raise his level of violence or his level of whatever. 
And some people will, but the thing is, is that there's a certain amount of adversity makes you identify yourself. So you keep, you, you know, and, and I was actually reasoning with the kid. I'm like, I just kept saying, no, I just got this candy. I, like, I, like I was yeah. like talking to him like a person. It was really, really weird to be 14 and doing yeah. this. But like, he just basically left. Um, so I think like there's a, there's a, there's a thing of adversity is like adversity can be turned in, in upon itself. Like you, 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 you don't have to make it like against you. You don't have to make it this attack is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Um, how does this relate to like an inanimate object? Well, who's creating the adversity? Like that's where the pride, like the, the, we just demonstrated that your own pride made it more adverse than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Like what is actually happening? You know, what is actually happening? I mean, you know this better than anybody that I know is like the law of presence. What's actually happening right now? You know, are you really in as much danger? Are you, is, is things really as threatening as you're making it out to be? Or are you just adding on a bunch of fears? Like if I don't do this, then this will happen and this will happen and then yeah. I'll be this and blah, blah, blah. Like, and this is where like, uh, also the law of, of story right. comes into it as well, you know, because you start to bring all of these stories in the present and you so often the adversities that we face are, you know, they, they hit us right where we're vulnerable. Right. You know, and that is in many ways the gift of it because the, the adversity shows us where we're vulnerable. And that's a, that, that's a great thing that it, it points us in a direction. It's just like, Hey, right there. Yes. Right there. There's a chink, because, there's a chink in your armor. Yeah. And it's, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's all it's being asked you is, is to be addressed. Right. Right. Take a, take a look at what this thing is. And if we can have just the presence to deal with whatever it actually is to, to just say, it's like, okay, well, what is literally, what literally has to happen right now? Or what is literally going on right now can sometimes be a helpful question when we're going through kind of a crazy mind thing that, that can happen when we face adversity, because it hits that vulnerable spot and suddenly it's not just about that thing. It's about everything else that's ever happened in your life. That's somehow related to this. Totally. Or however you've drawn a connection to it. It's like, this is just like, you know, when I was 13 and blah, blah, blah. And, and this time when it, this and this and this, and it's like, whoa, like it's, it's crazy, you know, because there's, it's a completely different situation you know, completely brand new and it does nothing to help the current situation. So we make often these adversities that aren't very big into really big ones. But sometimes that's what the adversity serves to show us. Which right. is like, whoa, I'm making a huge deal out of nothing. You know, there's that saying too, is how you show up in one aspect of your life is how you show up in every other. Mm. And I think adversity kind of can show us how we show up. I mean, you know, there's some people who, um, you know, what they find adverse, another person would look at and be like, how is that difficult? You know what I mean? Like, how are you making that difficult? But to the person who it's difficult to, if they actually could do it and they have the skill and the capacity and they can't see, it's almost funny because we're like, well, what is so, why is this such a big deal? But the thing is, is we got to factor in is, and what they really need to factor in is that their internal world is what's making this a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about like, you know, guys who are scared to ask out a girl, you know, it's like, well, what are you bringing into this situation? There's a person yeah. and I'm going to talk to her. Like what else is happening? You know, all this thing about like, if she rejects me, that hasn't happened yet, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, if she rejects me, it means this, if, if whatever my friends are going to think this, Okay, well, yeah. you know, all like, these meanings, right? Get, first of all, maybe you need to identify your friends. Who are your friends? Like if the, if they're looking at you because you want to talk to a girl you like, or you want to talk to a guy you like, and they're going to knock you for doing that, then maybe you need to seriously look at your friendships. You know, maybe this is a symptom of a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. I think there's adversities that are symptoms of a bigger issue. And, and, and sometimes adversity forces us to look at the truth. You know, if I do something, if I fall and I stumble and all my friends laugh at me as opposed to pick me up and help me out and say, Hey, are you okay? 
maybe I need to reconsider the type of people I'm hanging out with. Maybe that fall, that trip, that struggle is actually showing me something else in another area. Mm. You know, and I think adversity is, it's just got tons of gifts in it. And if we just had a different relationship to it, if we didn't look at it like I'm not perfect, I'm flawed, it means I'm going to get kicked out of the herd. It means I'm the least powerful, the least strong, the weakest or whatever. Yeah. Or, or whatever it means. You know, we didn't make it into this big thing. We could just look at adversity as like, okay, well, I did this. It didn't work. I'm trying this. I, okay. And I'm growing. I'm advancing. I'm figuring it out. I mean, you know, the, pro- the other problem with being a herd animal is what we are, is that we live by other people's judgments because, and yeah. we kind of need to, here's the thing. We kind of need to, because there's a kind of function. There's a function to it. Like when someone's acting weird and they're doing something that's inappropriate, the herd goes, that's dangerous. And for good reason, because if someone's doing something that is different than what we normally do, we notice now noticing is whatever we need to identify like, okay, if this thing's different, is it of danger to us or whatever? But some people see different period and they go Ugh, different, yeah. you know, but it's like, get out of here. Exactly. But here's the title of this way of the artist, right? Your way may look different. So now are you not going to walk your own way simply because it looks different to other people? I think the question is you have to ask if I walk my own way, is it building more than it destroys? Mm-hmm. And is what it's destroying, am I okay with what it might destroy? Yeah, because sometimes there is an important, there there is an important element to destruction. You yes. know, there's... Uh, the ego death, for example. The ego you death. destroy the ego. And like even uh, <laughs> if you trace back in like the, one of the world's wisdom traditions, as they call it, uh, in, in Hinduism, there's, there's a, there's a cycle and, and destruction was a huge part of it there was creation uh and then it was like basically maintaining or sustaining and then destruction and this was kind of this the circle of life and how it goes and the destruction is an equally important thing to the whole process just as important as the as the creation because sometimes to create something new there has to be a destruction just like in some of the examples that we shared personal examples we shared there was the destruction of a belief or a value that I had been carrying around with me that was required in order for me to move forward. And I was better because of it. Right. So it's not something to be feared destruction. If, if it, if it serves a better purpose, you know, if it's not, if the destruction of something is going to create, I guess, a greater, greater well-being in harmony, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, talking about building and, and, and destruction is important because we pointed out in the beginning of this, that like the purpose of people is to grow, mm-hmm. you know, the, the purpose and the way we're going to get the byproduct of happiness and fulfillment is through growth and, you know, expanding ourselves and meeting up to our challenges and, you know, whatever. Um, I think when we're talking about this, this part of destruction, you know, building and destruction, I think that, it's, it's a very personal relationship and you need to figure out where you stand and what your standards are, what your morals and ethics are when it comes to destruction, because it's one of those things that we've been trying to keep everyone in line about. Like, it's okay to do this. It's not okay to do that and whatever. It's like, like right now we live in a time where it's like, apparently it's okay to destroy the earth, but in future, it may be so appalling to people that they're like, I can't believe we used to destroy the earth. Like the way some people look at racism or sexism right now might be the way that we look at the ecology of like the earth and stuff. Right. But this is where we're in and you need to negotiate where you sit on these things. You know, it it takes critical thought. It takes actually looking at yourself instead of just running from adversity, face adversity. And it might be painful and uncomfortable, but it'll help you start to see who you are and what you stand for, which is, you know, before you, I think you can ever walk your own journey in your own path. You have to figure out where you stand, you know, in a, in a herd that can sometimes push us down very toxic avenues. You know, we see this with the Nazis. We see this with stuff like Mm -hmm. that. You know, you can get caught up in the herd and they might run you to your own gas chamber. So, you know, for, for lack of a better expression, you need to sometimes know when to step out from the herd and not be scared of that. And that 
can be adversity. But adversity begins to show you who you are. And then as you are willing to step out, I think you can become a leader, you know. And whether you actively lead or passively lead, when you begin to stand for something and you walk your own path, other people will follow when they see that you are standing or walking down a path of, you know, integrity, of ethic, of moral, of something that we all kind of want to get behind, but maybe haven't thought out ourselves yet. So adversity does that. <laughs> yeah. Does a lot of things. Right. Does a lot of things. Well, we don't have beer on this one, but... Um, yeah, we're I taking a like... little beer break, you know, every now and then you got to cleanse the... Uh, yeah. Cleanse the system. But we'll be back to uh, to drinking beer either in the next episode or the one after. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but, uh, you know, we're having a little green tea as we roll tea. through this one. It's been very nice. Yeah. I thought um, I'd just mention it because if anyone's <laughs> listened to past ones, they're like, we didn't bring up the beer. We bring up the beer. So yeah, because we always do a craft beer just for fun because beer spurred on these conversations. Um, but a good cup of tea can spur on a conversation. A cup of coffee. Yeah. Exactly. What, what's your drink that spurs on conversation? <laughs> exactly. Coffee has spurred on many conversations for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I think also, uh, you know, and I, I think it's important to mention, it's maybe a little bit off topic, but I think also, you know, you don't have to drink. You know, yeah. is another thing. I mean, the, the uh, you know, and taking this two-week break or week break, however we decided to, to do this, is is a good you know, and not like I don't even drink really outside of this podcast, so that's not an issue for me. But um, you know, also to understand that anything is not necessary. This podcast can go on without it. You know, yeah, uh, everything can go on. We don't, we don't have to be dependent on anything. Um, I think sometimes you know we can create our own rules which limit us, and uh, you know, sometimes adversity is about being able to break the rules or bend the bend the rules or think outside of your structures mm-hmm. but it does create structure it's a wonderful thing but also it's yours to negotiate yeah yeah you know it's i think it still goes both ways with that where it's like adversity both creates structures or breaks them yeah <laughs> <laughs> depending on whatever is required for it right? right and and that's why i think there's no set rule and we're never really trying to propose any set rules with anything that we say here we're just proposing a concept and then with that it's up to your own faculties your own experience your own presence to look at whatever is in front of you and decide what the best course of action is for you and to make an empowered decision in that way so adversity gives us this thing of it's just like it's like oh okay this is teaching me a structure this is teaching me a way of going things great you move through it this adversity is teaching me that you know what this wall's just got to go this just thing's just coming down it is unnecessary boom it's gone so there's there's it's such a a moving thing it's not static it's never the same situation over and over and over again there are maybe some common elements which we've discussed which is looking at it making a choice you know making a thoughtful choice but otherwise the rest is kind of this thing that is all about you and that's a beautiful part of it. That's the beautiful the beautiful part of being an artist is that it does mean thinking mm-hmm. and feeling and inquiring for yourself. Not just what other people have told you to do, but what what is right for you in in your life because you are the one who's living your life. We're not the ones who are doing it. We might be able to share some themes that have some kind of universal element to it but ultimately you are going to be the one who knows what's best Mm -hmm. if you're paying close enough attention you're going to be the one to take whatever wisdoms experiences that you've you've had that have created those wisdoms and say okay a lot of people have handled this situation like this but i don't think that's right and this is the way that i'm going to do this and then choose to do that. Right. 
I think, um, you know, you brought up so many great points. Adversity, you know, all I would all I would hope really from this conversation is that a person might walk away from this and and deal with adversity maybe a little bit differently, you know, is to, to be able to look at it a little bit more holistically and start to see that it's not personal and that it doesn't, you know, your relationship to it um, can evolve and you know, and maybe that's all you need. I mean, like the other thing too, is I think with every podcast episode we do, we share one of these things that we've stumbled across. This could be the missing link for you. This could be the thing. You just had a weird relationship to adversity that meant too much about you, made it, you made it too personal, you made it too complicated. And all of a sudden you listen to this and you go, oh, it's pretty simple. It helps me grow. Growing actually allows me to feel more fulfilled and happy. So anytime I feel adversity or face adversity, I'm going to look at it with these tools. And that Mm. might be it. That might be the turning point for you for all your hopes and dreams. Or maybe you have several other steps to take. We don't know. We're not going to know. But I think I look at each one of these episodes as a necessary step, but maybe you've already taken all the steps and this was the step. And so to honor it, you know, I just look at it that way. I look at it as like, adversity is really um it's a gift mm-hmm. and if you look at it as a gift you're gonna to respond to it differently and and that's cool that's that might be enough mm-hmm. you know just as you're you're speaking I, I something that just popped into my head is that the funny thing is when we face adversity so often we think that what it does is it makes us feel like we're not good enough we're not smart enough we're not whatever but really what adversity is actually saying to us when we come up to it is you are better and stronger and smarter than you think you are. Mm. And it shows us that. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.